Panini! Double reverse action, and here comes Otter Wilson throwing it. Wide open, Jakeem Grant. Grant to the 10, to the 5. Touchdown. What's up, Dolphins, and welcome into yet another Victory Monday, the September the 24th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I'm here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, the prophecy has been fulfilled. Miami gets the win. They start off 3-0 with the victory at the hands of the Oakland Raiders. We'll get you caught up on all the key plays, the individual evaluations, and as always, our Sunday night one big thing. But first, before any of that, I kindly invite each and every one of you to please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating, leave us a review, follow me on Twitter. My name is Travis Wingfield. I am at Wingfield NFL. The show is at Locked On Fins. You can find my work on the Palm Beach Post, Fan Rag Sports, a multitude of different outlets for your Miami Dolphins coverage. And speaking of that coverage, we have a lot to get to on this episode. So let's go ahead and kick things right off. That's another Miami Dolphins. Well, we'll certainly have an injury report for you guys up later in the week. And probably on Twitter, by the time you guys hear this, I'll be talking about the injuries the Dolphins incurred during this game because they did not get out of this game unscathed by any stretch of the imagination. First off, Rashad Jones did not play, period, in the game. And William Hayes, Andre Branch, and Bobby McCain, as well as A.J. Derby, all left the game with injuries. Will Hayes' seems to be serious. Andre Branch had a wrap. McCain got dinged in the head. I don't know what's up with him. And A.J. Derby, same case there. I do not know. And Jerome Baker also got dinged up. Akeem Spence was ejected. And yet, the Dolphins persevered. They got the win. They go to 3-0. And before we get to the five key plays from the game, let's go ahead and talk about some storylines I took away out of this game first. Up first, the officiating in the game. I hate to lead it off with this, but you go back and you watch the officiating, and it's just unacceptable for an NFL game. Those two offensive pass interference calls were both contact initiated by the defense. There was a hold in the game on Daniel Kilgore that was terrible. There was a roughing the passer on Ryan Tannehill that was terrible. Just outright awful, awful officiating. It has to be better than that. Number two, the amount of coverage breakdowns in this Dolphins secondary. We talked about the fact that Rashad Jones was not there. Bobby McCain got victimized a couple of times. Mika Fitzpatrick playing safety didn't have his best game either, but there was so many mix-ups on the back end. That has to get corrected. It looked like 2017 again at certain points, but nonetheless, like I said, they made the plays when they had to, but that is a concern going forward. And third, just finding that way to win. The formula did not work at all in this game. The run the ball, play stingy defense, it wasn't there for them. So they had to go horizontal. They had to go up the field vertically with the passing game. They had to pass on first down very frequently, pass on second and long, which is something I'm a proponent of, but Adam Gase, not always the case for him. So they had to change things up and go with a more pass-heavy based offense, and it worked in the game. So finding multiple ways to win, a very, very big part of this Adam Gase regime. And speeding right along here, let's go ahead and jump into the five key plays. And once again, we do these, the five key pivotal moments of the game from Sunday in chronological order from the order they happened in the game. And if the Dolphins lose, they're going to be plays from other the other team that we have to cover. But when they win, we're going to talk about the plays that led to that win. And up first is the fourth down goal line stop. When the Raiders went for it again, the Miami Dolphins get their second fourth down stop inside the two yard line this season. 
Of course, that first one against the Tennessee Titans, and now this one against the Oakland Raiders, and the up back, the fullback, Jordan Phillips and Devon Godshaw absolutely wrecked shop on that play, and we're looking at an immediate 14-0 deficit if that play goes in. Would have been a mountain to overcome, especially with the rash of injuries. I'm sure the Raiders could have turned up the running game much, much more after that if they had gone up by 14, which goes into the second best play, or second most important play chronologically, Ryan Tannehill's touchdown pass to Kenny Stills. That was an absolute dime under pressure couldn't have placed it in there any better it was on third nine on the fringe of field goal range at the 34 yard line so you don't complete that pass let's say that Jason Sanders happens to miss that 52 yarder the Raiders have a 7-0 lead with the ball at their own 42 yard line that's a good spot for the Raiders to be into especially compared to a 7-7 tie after that dime and great catch from Kenny Stills. The third most important play of the day in chronological order once again, the bomb to Devontae Parker. The Dolphins went down by 10 points. That's a really, really important possession when you go down by two scores to respond and put the pressure back on the other team. It really prevents them from getting complacent and changing their plan into things that maybe you can't attack quite the same. So that big bomb there was right before the Jakeem Grant touchdown pass. But that throw that Tannehill made, he moved Reggie Nelson with his eyes and put the ball right on a seat to Devontae Parker, who made a great contested catch. Good play all around, changed the complexion of that game and allowed it to not get away from the Dolphins like it really could have if they didn't score on that drive. The fourth play, I think it's pretty obvious. We'll play this audio for you guys later on in the show. The trick play, the Albert Wilson throw to Jakeem Grant. That play was set up by a play they ran in that Titans game going back to that first week again where they ran this similar action on the inside give to Frank Gore, but he just ran the ball off left tackle for a big run on that play. This time they flip it back to the boundary receiver who comes over in motion, Jakeem Grant, who gets out in front or he gets out in front and front of Albert Wilson they pitch it to him and of course you guys know the rest a huge play Dolphins take the lead on that play and then of course the fifth biggest play was the one after that on the defensive side of the ball the Raiders drive right down the Dolphins throat who dropped an interception on this drive who had a couple of third down conversions they allowed on this drive and they just looked like they were going to bend and break at the end and we were all going to get our hearts crushed however Xavier Howard the elite Xavier Howard now on the outside boundary there playing that cornerback role runs the route for Martavis Bryant and if you actually watch that play at least a little bit closer Martavis Bryant didn't think that ball was coming to him but because of Cameron Wake's pressure off the weak side he beat his right tackle immediately Carr had to get rid of it unloaded it in a spot he thought was safe but Xavier Howard nothing around that guy is safe he picks it off and that really was the backbreaker if you don't count the long run that really put the nail in the Raiders coffin so Xavier Howard big time play the fourth down stop was the first one Tannehill's touchdown pass to Stills the bomb to Devontae Parker the trick play and Xavier Howard's game clinching interception the Dolphins come to play again they get their third win of the season, a big, big 3-0 start. And we're going to break down the individual performances of all these Dolphins next. But first, a word from our sponsor over at MyBookie. And as you guys know, ever since I started this podcast, I get asked for advice from people all the time. And a lot of time, it's usually who to bet on this particular week. And the truth is, I went 6-1 and one this week in my picks. But what's just as important as the teams you pick is who you bet through. And that's why you got to check out MyBookie. They are the best bet you'll make this season because they've been in business for years. They have great reviews online and their mobile site is very, very easy to use. I would only recommend a service to my listeners that has been good to me. That's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie where you win, they pay. They have in-game live betting, 
over-unders on fantasy points scored and the most rewarding player perks in the business. And since my bookie is so slammed with new bettors and wants to give everyone the best possible service, if you're willing to deposit your money after 7 p.m. Eastern, they'll give you an additional $25 free play on deposits over $100. Join now and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar when you use promo code locked on. That's one word, locked on, to activate that offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code Locked On when creating your account to claim up to $1,000 in free play money. And once again, if you guys are willing to hold out until after 7 p.m., you can get that extra $25 free play by using promo code Locked On 25. One word, Locked On 25. It's up to you guys. But if it was me, I'd wait until after dinner and take that extra money at MyBookie where you play, you win, you get paid. This is Albert Wilson. Albert Wilson on his way. They're not going to catch him. Touchdown, Miami. And that was it. Aces for the Dolphins. Game over right there. Just needed a first down to ice things up, but they do you one better and take it all the way. And Albert Wilson's 74-yard touchdown catch from Ryan Tannehill pads the quarterback stats. And let's go ahead and just start right there when we talk about the individual evaluations from this game. Ryan Tannehill and what he has meant in his return to this Miami Dolphins team. I thought today was his best day in terms of being overall sharp with his passes, his decision-making, his ability to navigate the pocket. And while he did have his best pass protection of the day, he made a couple of clutch runs. That big third and nine run where he converted escaping to his left out of his own end zone was really big because even though Miami didn't score a touchdown or even points in that drive, to punt the ball from their own 30 opposed to their own end zone is a big, big difference, especially when you take into account that Matt Hawk had a shanked punt, his one of the season, it seems, on that particular drive. So Ryan Tannehill, very sharp. You guys know by now his passer rating in this game was 155, just three points away from a perfect rating. His passer rating on the season now at 121.8, fourth best in the National Football League. He is cruising seven touchdown passes, almost 700 passing yards. Just looks fantastic in his return, and I couldn't be happier that he is back, especially when you consider the wide receivers this guy is throwing to, and Jakeem Grant and Albert Wilson now ranked number one and number two in pro football focuses yards per route ran. This is a stat reserved for the Antonio Browns and the Mike Evans and the Odell Beckhams, and here you have Miami's two diminutive slot slash, I guess, X-factor gimmick type of player guy and here they are top of the league in yards per route run just absolutely getting the job done and speaking of the wide receivers Kenny Stills does not get nearly enough credit for what he does outside of the big touchdowns now you guys all know he's the biggest big play touchdown maker in the NFL alongside Antonio Brown right now but there's a play where Mike Kosicki catches an in-cut route where Kenny Stills is in the slot and he books it up the seam to clear things out it's 100% full throttle even when he knows he's not getting the football. So these wide receivers for the Miami Dolphins are absolutely coming up aces right now, making Adam Gaze look very smart for his decisions on the personnel side there. As far as the offensive line goes, Dan Kilgore is really struggling to get push in the running game. Jesse Davis didn't have his best game in that regard either. I thought Jawan James 
had a bit of a down game. But as far as pass protection goes, this group was fantastic in this game, kept Ryan Tannehill clean, which you can obviously see the dividends in his play and what he is when he's well protected. He's a very good quarterback, and we got that production today from the offensive line. The two running backs both, in my opinion, looked slow and kind of lethargic, whether it was the run game or the passing game. I think they can probably have better games down the line, and we'll need them to have better games, especially next week against the New England Patriots. But right now, this offense is finding multiple ways to beat teams and is just getting it done, whether it's going horizontal with the little jet sweep pot passes or running the ball consistently in the first two games or attacking the middle part of the field on over routes or crossing routes. Whatever it is they're doing, it's working right now. And they have multiple different types of ways they can hit you, multiple personnel groupings, multiple different game plans. This offense looks very exciting as right now they are averaging 26 points per game. We won't know exactly where that ranks in the NFL until the games are completed on Monday night, but that should be good for a top 10 spot for this Miami Dolphins offense. But you flip things over to the defensive side of the ball. We talked about all the injuries, but the big X factor in this game, ironically stated, Xavier Howard with the two interceptions now has seven picks in his last game, last eight games. He has three picks this season. He is right up there with the elite cornerbacks in this league. The way he's able to run guys off and just shut down an entire side of the field. Omari Cooper got erased. Martavis Bryant got erased when Cooper came off the field and Howard got moved over to Bryant. Things worked very well for the cornerback in this game. You go to the other side of the football, and Bobby McCain, he did not have his best game. Those coverage breakdowns we talked about were um, just did not look good for the defense. McCain was a part of a couple of those, but he also just couldn't match the physicality of Jordy Nelson on some of those in-breaking routes. And speaking of a struggle bus, Minka Fitzpatrick had his first bad game as a pro. His angles were bad. He wasn't tackling very well. He just looked out of sorts in pass coverage, and I think that maybe... Maybe the moment got a little bit too big for him on this game. I don't know what it was, but he did not play well in this game. Speaking of not playing well, Torrey McTire on the outside, essentially the replacement for Rashad Jones coming on the field. He had a rough game, although his dropped interception was beautifully played. But like I said, dropped the pick. That was crucial. Another dropped interception from TJ McDonald. He played better in this game, but that drop pick could have been crucial there in that fourth quarter as well. Go back up to the front part of the line of scrimmage. The defensive line played good in this game, I thought. Pass rush was good. We talked about Cam Wake getting off that edge. He got his first sack of the year. Also had a huge pressure on that crucial Xavier Howard interception. Robert Quinn continues to close the edge down pretty well. I thought Charles Harris played the run well. Devon Godshaw made some plays. Jordan Phillips was disruptive. But it was big Vincent Taylor who had the best game inside. He gets a sack. He also contributed to a William Hayes sack where he bowled over Gabe Jackson on a uh, looping around stunt from William Hayes, which looked really nice and very effective in terms of rushing the passer, getting the quarterback to the ground. He was awesome in this game. Linebacker play, not so much. Kiko Alonso had a really, really rough game in this one. He couldn't quite find the right gap to shoot. He couldn't get off blocks, which has always been the case. If Kiko Alonso is not operating, working downhill and clean of or free of blocks, he's not going to play well. That was the case in this game. He got victimized on another pass route to, I think it was Jalen Richard. As far as Rayquad McMillan goes, I think he's coming along better. He's playing better each game, but still in coverage, you got to get him out of there. And what I would do in coverage in terms of having him out there is replace him with Jerome Baker because Baker, although they caught some balls on him in the flat, his athleticism and ability to get out to the flat quickly and cut those down before they become more than two or three yard gains is very impressive. I think Jerome Baker has a big spot in this defense going forward this year. 
But like I said, all things told, all the injuries, all the things going against them, the Dolphins rise to the occasion, get the big win. And on the ground, they only allowed 3.3 yards per carry. This running game defense has really elevated its game this year. It's been a big part of their success. Some key numbers for you guys. The Dolphins offense averaged 9.6 yards per play. Talk about a big-time play offense. I mentioned this on Twitter. They now have touchdowns of 102, 75, 74, 58. I think it's 34, 21, 19. They have touchdowns from all over the field. They are a threat to score every time they snap the football. Other numbers, the defense allowed 5.9 yards per play. They obviously won the takeaway battle, two turnovers compared to zero. Dolphins still struggling on third down, just two for eight in this game. The Raiders were seven for 13. Hard to believe they won that. Explains why the Raiders almost double dipped the Dolphins in time of possession. Penalties, both teams were bad. Dolphins had nine for 74. Raiders had eight for 38. And sacks, I thought was a big stat too. Dolphins had three sacks for 20 yards. The Raiders had just one for the nine yards. But Dolphins get the big win, like I mentioned. They won the important stats that mattered the most. And here we are. It's almost the end of September. We're 3-0 going into the Patriots next week. We'll talk about that game. We'll talk about the one big thing and finish up the podcast here on the other side. But first, a word from Vivid Seats. And while it might be a few weeks before you can get back to Hard Rock Stadium to see the Miami Dolphins play live and in action, that doesn't mean you can't take a night out along the way. We all love a night out, whether it's seeing our favorite band in person or being in the crowd to cheer on our Miami Dolphins. With Vivid Seats, you can attend the concert, the show, or the sporting event of your choice at a great price. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all live events you want to go to. You can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice. To make things better, Vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for new customers to receive $20 off of orders of $200 or more to save even more money. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app, enter promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off that $200 order for a new Vivid Seats customer. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event. From just inside the 35, Tannehill holding on, down going deep, has a man in the end zone, caught! Kenny Stills, touchdown! And what a dime that was. Ryan Tannehill, 34 yards to Kenny Stills. Looked very similar to that play back in San Diego in 2016 that we all know and love so, so damn much. Once again, Ryan Tannehill, three touchdown passes on the day, seven for the season, third highest rated passer in the NFL. Dolphins are 3-0 and on the season, first place in the AFC East. And speaking of the AFC and the AFC East, The Patriots lose against the Detroit Lions. The Bills somehow win a game by a lot in Minnesota. That was weird. It was just a weird day in the NFL in general. The Giants beat the Texans. The Titans beat the Jaguars 9-6. The Chargers fell to 1-2. The Colts are somehow competitive. The Bengals lost their first game. The Ravens put a romp on the Denver Broncos. This Just look across the landscape of the AFC. And technically speaking, the Miami Dolphins are all alone in first place with a tiebreaker over the Kansas City Chiefs because the Dolphins have three AFC wins. Huge, huge implications in terms of playoffs, getting that third win against the AFC in three tries. That will be the biggest tiebreaker if it's not a head-to-head one coming down the stretch. 
And I talked a little bit about just how I feel about some of these teams in the AFC coming into this week, but you continue to look at it. Once again, the Dolphins, a two-game lead in the AFC East. The Cincinnati Bengals lead the AFC North along with the Baltimore Ravens at 2-1. The Titans and Jaguars are locked up atop the South at 2-1. The Chiefs, 3-0. Broncos, 2-1. But there are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, just 7 teams that are 2-1 or better. Dolphins, one of those teams, obviously at 3-0. These guys have a chance, man. They're they're right in there. They have a chance to actually make a run at this thing and not just be a fifth seed, sixth seed wild card contender. They could actually contend for a division, and if they do that, possibly start looking at first round buys and all that fun stuff. I realize that's getting way out in front of myself, but the message is that the AFC is just bad, and the Dolphins, they're not. We've got one more segment for you guys here on the Monday, September the 24th podcast for the Lockdown Dolphins podcast. Let's go ahead and do it. One big thing. One big thing. And every night I come up to the computer after the Dolphins win a game on Sunday and start thinking about what I should put on my one big thing to close out the podcast here to send you guys either into work on Monday, into the gym, or even on Tuesday, whenever it might be that you hear the podcast. But tonight's, tonight's was easy. This entire offseason was shrouded in doubt and negativity at just about every turn. What are the Dolphins doing? What is their vision? Why are they cutting off all these talented players in lieu of lesser-known players? Albert Wilson, $8 million? <laughs> They're going to be terrible. Well, the message on this pod all summer long was that Gaze knew something that those people didn't, and he's proving it. The football is being shared almost democratically across the offensive landscape. They're finding a variety of ways to react to things that aren't working. How many times in the past have we seen our bread and butter not work in a game only to go into the tank and just accept our 10 or 13 point output on that particular day? Not anymore. And it's not anymore because Adam Gaze has built it that way. Jarvis Landry, he's having a nice start to his career in Cleveland, but we don't have this kind of offensive efficiency if Landry is still a Dolphin. His targets are being shared among Albert Wilson and Jakeem Grant, and be it by the run, by the pass, or however they want to do it, is much more conducive to winning football games. And especially when you consider that they paid the pair of those two guys just half the price it would have cost to keep Landry. And how about that young core of good-looking players on this roster, led by sudden superstar Xavier Howard? Howard is an elite lockdown corner, and those guys are hard to find. They are as hard to find as elite pass rushers, and as a result, they cost as much. But this one cannot get away. Miami has to budget to get this man paid and keep him in aqua and orange forever. And because Ndamukong Sue was given his walking papers back in March, it now seems feasible. The plan came together. The defense is much better at defending the run. They're getting their takeaways. The offense is extremely multiple. And oh yeah, that quarterback, the guy that actually made me consider changing the one big thing, a lot of folks wanted to replace him. His passer rating on the year, 121.8. He's gone over 120 in single game passer rating five of his last seven outings. And he's now won 10 of his last 11 outings. That's tied with Carson Wentz for the best stretch of 11 games of anyone in the entire NFL, just the quarterback of the defending Super Bowl champions. All right, guys, that is going to be my time for the Victory Monday podcast. And forgive me for the lack of variety on the outro music on Victory Mondays. I just don't really know what else to look on YouTube. I just type in win, and this is a song that comes back once again. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. 
Give me a follow on Twitter, at WingfulNFL. Follow the show at LockedOnFins and keep up to date on our daily Dolphins blog at LockedOnDolphins.com. You guys have a great rest of your Victory Monday. We'll talk to you again tomorrow for the aftermath on another edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football.